Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. On a mission to bring the benefits of sport to kids everywhere, they go beyond technology to provide leaders with professional development and relationship building, and to work with sports-based organizations to address issues of accessibility and equality. To learn more, find them at League Apps com or as league apps on all of the social networks now here's the host of the show longtime soccer broadcaster and voice of united soccer coaches dean linky i am dean linky this is the united soccer coaches podcast it is presented by league apps and i do believe we have another great show for you we kick off the show with simon keith who will receive the 2023 united soccer coaches honorary all america recognition Simon Keith is the world's first heart transplant recipient to play a professional sport, and he is a renowned public speaker. What a treat it will be for all of the All-Americans on Saturday afternoon at the convention. Simon Keith kicks off the show. After Simon, we take a deep dive into the inspirational power of international soccer travel. And we do that with our great partners from Inspire Sport North America, Generation Adidas International, SportsBreaks.com North America. Jeremy Parkins, the Chief Operating Officer, is on. And Billy Hartman, the CEO, is on. Great people, great organization, and a proud partner of United Soccer Coaches. Then we meet from the API Soccer Coaches community, the brand new head coach of the Kansas women's soccer team coming over from Xavier, Nate Lee. Man, does he have some incredible stories. Broke into coaching when he was 30 years old, although he looks like he's still 30 years old. Nate Lee, what a great story. I want to thank Ashu Saxwena from the API Soccer Coaches community for pushing Nate forward. And we end with another letter of commendation recipient, Chris Handy, will wrap up the show. Simon Keith, Jeremy Parkins, Billy Hartman, Nate Lee, and Chris Handy. That's our show, and it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor, League Apps. We bet you didn't get into this business for the back office duties. That's why we created League Apps, the industry's leading youth sports management platform. So you can spend less time with busy work and more time doing what you love. League Apps provides organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. Once again, here's the host of the show, Dean Linky. On November 2nd of this year, United Soccer Coaches announced that former professional soccer player, social entrepreneur, philanthropist, and world-renowned speaker, Simon Keith, has been selected to receive the Association's 2023 Honorary All-America Award. Keith will be presented the award at the Association's All-America Ceremony taking place at noon on Saturday, January 13, 2024, during the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Anaheim, California. The world's first heart transplant recipient to play a professional sport, Simon Keith has taken his unexpected journey and used it as a vehicle for change in the world of sport and organ donation. 
He is one of the longest living organ transplant recipients in the world, having received a heart transplant when he was just 21 years old. Born in England and raised in Canada, Keith first played soccer in the Vancouver Island youth soccer system, eventually representing the province of British Columbia at the youth and senior levels. After a stint playing for Millwall FC, he returned to Canada to play for the University of Victoria while also playing with the Canadian men's national team program. It was then that Keith grew sick and eventually needed a heart transplant. Following his surgery in 1986, Keith went on to play two seasons at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, and was drafted number one overall in the Major Indoor Soccer League. In 2011, he traveled to Newport, Wales to meet his heart donor's family. Ironically, he had received the heart of a 17-year-old Welsh athlete who had died while playing soccer. After returning from the United Kingdom impassioned, Keith became involved with the Organ Procurement Organization, OPO, in Las Vegas, Nevada, initially sitting on the board of directors and then becoming chief operating officer. In March of 2019, he received a second heart transplant and a new kidney in San Diego. In 2012, he founded the Simon Keith Foundation, an organization dedicated to increasing organ donor awareness and educating transplant recipients. Since its establishment, the foundation has raised millions of dollars to support kids who have had transplants as well as spread organ donation awareness around the world. Keith is a member of the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame and the Greater Victoria Sports Hall of Fame. In 2023, he was awarded the Civil Rebel Award as part of the UNLV Athletics Hall of Fame. Keith was awarded Canada's Humanitarian of the Year Award by the David Foster Foundation and was appointed to the prestigious Order of Canada, one of Canada's highest civilian honors in 2022. Keith lives in Las Vegas, Nevada, and has been married for more than 30 years to his wife, Kelly. They have three children, Sarah, Sam, and Sean. Each year, the United Soccer Coaches Honorary All-America Award is presented to a person or persons who have brought particular distinction and or attention to the sport of soccer through their efforts within and beyond the boundaries of the sport. Among past recipients, the categories of persons recognized have included astronauts, entertainers, politicians, military personnel, administrators, and other individuals connected to the game. We are beyond excited about Simon Keith being the honorary All-America, and I know, Simon, you will dazzle in front of these young, beautiful people, and welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast as you kick off this week's show. Yeah, thanks, Dean. I'm uh, I'm pumped. I'm looking forward to Anaheim and uh, being in that room with all those super achievers. It's going to be awesome. I don't want to steal your thunder from your message to the kids, but, you know, when did you first start experiencing some issues and, you know, did your mom and dad, I mean, how, how did you first address this issue knowing that you needed to get a transplant? Yeah. When I came out of high school, you know, I made the decision to go play professionally over in Europe and I played for Millwall and, uh, and over there I learned really about how to be professional. And, um, and the game at that level is played from the neck up. And, <clears throat> you know, everyone's fit, everyone's strong, everyone's skillful, everyone's fast. Um, and so really the difference is what's going on in your brain. And I learned how to be a professional. When I came back to Canada, uh, I came back to play, to train with the World Cup team and also play at the University of Victoria. And um, for some reason, I just wasn't the same player. I just didn't want to snap people's necks. 
I just didn't have it in me. And it was something that was very foreign to me. And so um, I sort of battled this thing for a year or so. Uh, we went through a whole bunch of medical stuff, bunch of doctors, and eventually just found out that my, my heart had uh, been attacked by a virus. And, um, and uh, you know, the, the Reader's Digest short story is that I needed to have a, have a transplant. I needed it quickly. And, um, you know, my career took a left turn. I want to follow up on that. Like, how quickly? I mean, was it fairly dire then in, in, in some way? Yeah, I mean, the, the definition of, of, of really a heart transplant is that it's a life-saving operation. So, uh, you know, I've been through it twice now. Both, thing, both times has been very difficult uh, in order to get this precious gift. Uh, you really got to have sort of one foot in the grave and one foot on the other side. And, um, you know, I don't want to bore anybody with gory details, but yeah, it was, it was tough. It was tough. Listen, I'm a romantic. I love rom-coms. I'm unabashed about it. My favorite movie is The Notebook. People can laugh at me. I don't care. One of my other favorite movies is the one with Minnie Driver, you know, where yeah. the connection to the donor. And as I was researching you and talking to other people like Angie Eliasson and Steve Beal and everybody that's so excited that you're going to be there, you know, your desire to find the family of your original donor, Simon, can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, back in the eighties and the nineties, you know, we were sort of prohibited from finding our donor families. It was the ultimate respect to let them mourn in peace and leave them alone. And sort of the early two thousands and 2010s, you started seeing these connections of of families and recipients getting together. You saw it on social media and, you know, the crying mom listening on the stethoscope to the heart of their son or whatever it may be. And, um, and in 2011, 25 years after I got my transplant, I decided to, to write a book. And the co-author, the, the ghostwriter said to me, you know, there's really only one way to end this book and that's for you to go find the family. And, and, uh, and I, I, I was really under the auspices of remaining thankful, remaining respectful at a distance. Um, but he sort of convinced me to do it. We went to Wales uh, and it was just an epiphany, just a life changing moment for me. Uh, you know, it was all captured on video. There's an ESPN E60 about it. And throughout that, that couple days that I spent with now my great friend, Roger, who was the father of the young man, uh, who passed away and whose heart had been in my chest in 2011, more than a quarter of a century. Um, just how do you say thank you? You know, how do you say thank you to somebody who gave you, you know, everything, 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 my children, my wife, my house, my life, my everything. And I, and I, I figured out what the answer was. And it was this super incredible in, it, it moment, uh, just, just being, being with Roger that day, Roger's the, the father of the young man who passed away, but incredible incredible moment incredible day uh yeah life life changing when you say you figured out what the answer was can you elaborate on that what was the answer simon i can i can uh you can see i'm wearing a vancouver whitecaps hat today i'm a big supporter of the caps and uh, I, the reason i say that is one of my very best friends is part owner of the whitecaps named chef mallet and um and Jeff also owns the San Francisco Giants. And so we're sitting at a baseball game and uh, Jeff's very smart dude. And I listened to Jeff and he said, Simon, listen, nobody 
excuse my language, nobody gives a shit about your story unless you can deliver value in the real world. And for me, that I just got back from from meeting my my donor family, and that was the that was the missing piece for me. And the answer to the question uh, that you're asking me is the way you say thank you for receiving such a gift is to live a life of passion and purpose. And boy, did I double down after I after I finished that beer with Jeff at the Giants ball game, and uh, off I went. And I, I really changed my thinking. I went from from thinking about myself and my kids and my life and my, you know, getting them through college and paying off the mortgage. And I turned it all the way around and started thinking about everybody else but us. And uh, it's been an incredible journey since. Listen, I know for a fact, and I want to tell all of the listeners to the podcast, as our listenership is outstanding, that you, know, you didn't come on to promote anything. I know that you're honored to be the honorary All-American, but since you did mention the book and you did mention the ESPN piece, can you tell me the, the name of the book, Simon, and also the E60 piece so we can find that? Because I think- Yeah, wanna... you're killing me, man, bro. Listen, I'm not trying to sell books, believe me. I am not trying to sell books. The ESPN piece uh, is called uh, Change of Heart, and it was produced by a good friend of mine now, Frank Saraceno. Uh, it's a cool piece. The book is called Heart for the Game, uh, save yourself some money. Don't buy the book. Uh, the the best part about it is chapter one and the last chapter and the foreword, which I got um, our our mutual friend Steve Nash to write. So Nash, he did the foreword for me. He's from my same hometown in in Canada. Um, but that's it. You just got to read the foreword and and you're good. Don't don't buy the book. <laughs> I I go get the book because I'm you know I'm gonna be there and uh, I love that. I love the All-America ceremony because, you know, I call, you know, probably more college soccer than anybody in the country. And to see all those superstars there, I mean, I'm telling you, Simon, they're going to be looking directly at you and their jaws are going to drop as as you tell your story. And, and look, I mean, I know you do this all the time. You are such a passionate speaker. And, and you know, the way I understand it, Simon, I mean, you always have everybody's attention when when you're talking. But, you know, as you think about the fact that, you know, soccer is part of your life, you've had these transplants and you're going to be looking out at all these beautiful people that are really great at soccer. What do you want to leave them with? Well, I think the, I think the message is that this is a moment in their life. This is a moment in time. They're in the room because they're different and they're special, but don't make this the highlight or the peak. There's a long way to go. And there are people who are not in this room who are looking to knock you off. Like they are, there are people who are pissed off that they're not in this room. And believe me, they're working harder than you are right now. Like that's, that, that, that's what I would, that's what I want to tell them. All right. I like it. I can't wait. I do want to understand a little bit more of the process. As you said, a quarter of a century with that original heart meeting that family and then the next tipping point, uh, kind of like a Malcolm Gladwell book, uh, actually, Simon, the way you've rolled yeah. this along. But, you know, how do you know when you need a second transplant? Because it's not too often that I people that have one transplant, let alone two heart transplants. Well, the data, the data shows that heart transplants last on average about 10 years. I was very lucky to, for my first one to last 32 years. Mm. Um what happens with hearts over time is, um, you know, you got to take a lot of medication. You, it's, it's, 
getting a getting a trans an organ transplant of any kind is not like going into the hospital, getting fixed and leaving. You're still dealing after you leave with all this other stuff. You got to take heavy doses of medication. It compromises your immune immune system. Um, you know, I had all kinds of stuff. I had, I, I literally had a hundred surgeries over the next thirty years. I've had fifteen pacemakers. Blah 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 blah. So it's not like you're fixed, go home. It's just this thing you got to manage. So I was lucky to get 32 years. Uh, I saw a lot of the same symptoms. I was in end-stage uh, heart failure. Uh, I got end-stage kidney disease, so I had to get a kidney at the same time. Um, but, you know, it's just like it's just like playing footy, man. You're on the field and you get hurt. You got to get back up. And there's another game next week. So that's how we looked at it. Yeah, it's not just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know, man. That's uh, pretty hardcore, pretty serious. And, you know, I, I'm sure it's a thing where you have an incredible medical team. And then I, I got to believe your family support is off the charts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, I said I would say that it's a terrible thing to have your parents watch their young son wither away and almost die, because that's what it was in 1986. But there's actually one thing worse, and that is having your children watch their father wither away and die. And that's what happened in 2019. My wife is an absolute incredible partner. And um, yeah, we've got the, we've got the expert medical team down at UCSD and, uh, and all the people and all the support and the nurses and the frontline staff, that, 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 all those people. But with, without her, man, she is just absolute stud. And um, I would not be alive without her today. She drags me, around and make sure I got my shit together. You're hearing the very cool piece of Simon Keith, who has been named the United Soccer Coaches Honorary All-American. I just rattled off your bio. You're in multiple Hall of Fames. People recognize, you know, what you have done, Simon. But I will tell you, this association has been around for over 80 years. They've had some big-time honorary All-Americans, and they're as excited about you as any of the ones that have preceded you when you got the call to tell you that you're going to be recognized as the honorary All-American, which is massive. Can you put into words how it made you feel? I think enormous pride, uh, not not really for myself, but enormous pride for what, uh, you know, our organization, the foundation and the work that we do and all the team members that I work with around the country and around the world with it as it relates to organ donation and transplantation, you know, this, as, as you grow and you, and you, and people tend to recognize you, uh, it's really not about you. This is not about me. It's really about, you know, helping others. And, um, man, it's super cool. I, I, I narrowly miss being an actual all American when I played in college. So maybe, maybe this is full circle. <laughs> No, it, it it definitely is. And, you know, one of the things I love about the organization on multiple layers, you know, and they also have a foundation where they're always looking to help people that need help. Simon, I know you were a little reluctant to plug your book, but please don't be reluctant to plug your foundation where people can learn how they can help. Again, that's not me at all. I'm I'm more of a giver than a taker for sure. Uh, I'm just super, I'm just super pumped, you know. Most people, um, most people really don't know what I actually do. And what, what I actually do is 
Um, I'm really a builder of leaders around the world uh, as it relates to organ donation, transplantation, and private business. Um, I've been a very successful entrepreneur. And so so building leaders is really what I get turned on by. And, and you know, building great leaders is something that is, it, it just makes generational difference. So of all the things I, I want people to, to understand is building great leaders, great leaders build great teams, great teams build great projects, and great projects build great leaders. And so it's just this circle. And so those people in that room have shown a propensity to be great leaders. And so I'm going to challenge them to, to continue to build other great leaders and, and, and move the needle in the, in the community. And the websites for your foundation, can you share those, please? Yeah, my, sound, my foundation is the simonkeithfoundation.com. And uh, I got another website, simonkeith.com. You can see I don't I I'm not uh, I'm not afraid to brand stuff. <laughs> no, you've got you've got a great message to tell. You got a great story to tell, and I'm really pumped that you kind of gave us a little insight on what you're going to share on that Saturday afternoon, where it's just uh, it's so beautiful. You know, the people are all dressed up and dialed up, and you know, again, you'll have their full attention. You know, so with that, you know the. The final comment here, your you know your last word, Simon Keith. You have done so many amazing things in your life, and that includes having two heart transplants and and going on to inspire so many people and be a big time entrepreneur. But you know, look, you are the honorary All American at the convention this January in Anaheim. If people heard nothing else but what you say right now about receiving this distinction, what do you want to say? Well, I'm just incredibly honored to receive this United Soccer Coaches All-American Award, of course. And I am pumped to share a few words at the convention in Anaheim. And um, I don't know, maybe maybe challenge a few people in the room. I love it, Simon. I can't wait. I knew this was going to be great. I appreciate it. Congratulations on this award. And Thanks, brother. And I appreciate all that you've gone through to be there to to do this. So thanks for being on and thanks for kicking off this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thanks, Dean. Congratulations on all your success. And uh, we'll see you in uh, January. What an amazing man, Simon Keith, this year's honorary All-American. So cool. Can't wait for that Saturday afternoon. What a treat it'll be for all of those great athletes and scholars. It will be fantastic. We're off and rolling. Next, we're going to put the spotlight on the inspirational power of international soccer travel with a key partner of United Soccer Coaches. That is Inspire Sport North America, Generation Adidas International, SportsBreaks.com North America. We meet their CEO, Billy Hartman, and their Chief Operating Officer, Jeremy Parkins. Jeremy Parkins, up first when we return. You do not want to miss your chance to join the most eagerly awaited soccer coaching event of the year. Get a special discount with our exclusive promo code UNITED24, all caps. That's UNITED24, all caps. That is a $90 discount after the new price increase. Experience the United Soccer Coaches Convention, an engaging five-day gathering of the soccer coaching community featuring live full-field demonstrations and enriching educational sessions. Join thousands of other coaches in an event that's become a yearly highlight. 
connect with soccer's elite, including Javier Zanetti of Inter Milan, Laura Harvey of the Olau Reign, Jermaine Jones of Fuego FC, Leonard Griffin of Calman Soccer, and Carla Thompson from San Diego Wave FC, among other renowned figures you don't want to miss seeing in person. Are you looking to elevate your coaching expertise? Join the Advanced National Diploma course when you register to refine your skills and enhance your coaching profile. Secure your spot at the discounted rate of $425. Again, using the promo code UNITED24, all caps, UNITED24. Hashtag StrongerUnited24, and we'll see you in Anaheim. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Another great show with incredibly awesome people. That includes Jeremy Parkins, the Chief Operating Officer for Inspire Sport North America, which is also with Generation Adidas International and SportsBreaks.com North America. Inspire Sport North America is the official international travel partner of United Soccer Coaches. If you've been paying attention, they have put together some incredible trips geared around World Cups and big events in the world of soccer. Jeremy Parkins, always great to have you on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Great to be with you. Dean, thank you. It's great to see you and great to be on your show and great to be with another Ohioan. Yeah, and we're close, right? Northwest Ohio. Let's get that out of the way as well because <laughs> we grew up not that far from each other. No, not at all. How big the soccer world is, it's amazing how small it is. Indeed. And look, we want to dive right in to talk about Inspire Sport and team travel, benefits to our membership and how to reach out if someone is interested. I want to kind of give you the floor. I'd like to start with, you know, how you guys came together to form this partnership with United Soccer Coaches. We had been familiar with Jeff and Angie and and some of the people there at United Soccer Coaches over the years, working with them in a few different capacities, but nothing on a sponsor and or official status like we are today. And as we were having conversations with them, it was very broadly based initially about how we can provide benefits to the membership that they can't go get themselves, right? Behind the scenes access to Manchester United or behind the scenes access to Manchester City, coach education opportunities, the conversations really kind of took off from there. Once Jeff and Angie, you know, learned a little bit more about our parent company, Destination Sport Group, and all the different divisions we have, the scale and scope of what we do, it just started to become apparent that a relationship together not only made sense for each of us to provide membership with benefits. And those benefits today are what drive us and, and what makes us excited to work with the association. Jeremy, I know you're going to have a big presence at the convention. Can you talk about some of the things you have planned? We see the convention as a, obviously the largest coach as a convention rather in the world, right? So it's a great opportunity to be with, whether it's professional, college, academy, high school, youth, all levels of the game, recreation, and we want to be able to make sure and provide an overview of what we do, the membership with an opportunity to spend some time with us. Uh, so we're going to have a, a large booth at the convention. We're going to be able to have a variety of elements within our booth. So last year, for those who stopped by the booth, you probably remember we had a lot of signed jerseys. We had Brian Robson come by the booth last year and spend some time with us. We had trophies at the booth. It was pretty neat. This year, we've got a few other things up our sleeves. We'll have some signed jerseys, some signed giveaways. Uh, so coaches being able to stop by and sign up for those. We'll have trophies again. We will have some guest appearances. 
And those guest appearances are still being finalized, but we have Inter Milan coming. We have Celtic coming. We have Real Madrid, who's going to be doing some field and classroom sessions at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. So working with all of those clubs across our broader group, we're able to help facilitate bringing them to the convention and their interaction with us. We'll also have a virtual reality set up at our booth so people can jump in and, and have some fun with it. And then we'll have our full U.S. staff and we'll have a large group from our global headquarters in Manchester, England there as well. So our booth space at the convention and the uh, pro clubs that the members will see at the convention, I think is going to be pretty unique. You're hearing the voice of Jeremy Parkins, the chief operating officer with Inspire Sport North America, the official international travel partner of the United Soccer Coaches. It's also connected as I said earlier, with Generation Adidas International and SportsBreaks.com North America, Inspire Sports, sports development tours for schools and clubs. Start your journey here with unrivaled access to world-class clubs, coaches, and facilities. Inspire Sport can take young players from schools and clubs on an extraordinary sporting journey. And that's just one part of it, right? The young players, you also take coaches. I mean, you kind of do it all, Jeremy. Yeah, we try to be a one-stop shop, right? Instead of for people having to go to different places for different services, we try to be a one-stop shop. So whether you're a coach looking to go and do international accredited licenses, or you want to go to a pro club and have a really intimate experience from a coach education standpoint. We took 60 coaches to the Men's World Cup in Qatar. We had 30 coaches at the Women's World Cup in New Zealand. But then we also were able to work with those coaches. From most coaches I've, I've gotten to know over the years, one of the things that they enjoy is the fact that they get to have such an impact on, on the people that they get to work with. We can then provide those coaches, whether they're coaching, again, at the you know professional high school, college, academy, youth, recreation levels, the opportunity for them to take their teams on an international experience, whether it's a training experience in the academy of one of the pro clubs, playing international friendly matches, attending a, an international tournament, stadium tours, going to pro games. So we're able to fulfill and check a lot of the boxes that the membership of United Soccer Coaches Association has. And, and it's something, again, being a one-stop shop, we're excited to provide that service. Make no mistake, you are in partnership and acquisition mode as well. As I go to your new section on Inspire Sport, I see the new partnership with Tottenham Hotspur. I see the new partnership with Hockey Wales. I see the acquisition of the Tour Time Group. I mean, you guys are busy getting bigger and better. Yeah, so I think when you look across Paul Hemingways, our, our CEO, and Steve Bouchard, Rob Slauson, uh, Billy Hartman, you look at what we're trying to do globally and, and what we're trying to do is be the the leader in sports travel, whether you're talking about all the pro clubs that we work with. We, we have over 50 pro clubs that we work with globally. So whether it's at the pro level, whether it's providing these youth tours, whether it's coach education or sports breaks, you know, sports breaks provides soccer ticket and hotel packages to, to uh, soccer matches all over the world. But we also do the NFL in the UK and we do F1 and we do the Ryder Cup and we do Wimbledon and the Tour de France. And so it's not just while soccer is our core is, is the biggest part of our business. It's also understanding that there's other sporting events out there that people want to go to. And for the U.S. consumer, it's hard to figure out where to go to a trusted source to get access to those things. And so one of our division sports breaks does just that. It allows the U.S. consumer to have a trusted source to be able to go and get access to sporting events all over the world. So we look at it as a holistic approach to United Soccer Coaches. 
being able to focus on the sport of soccer, obviously, but understanding there's other things that people are interested in that we can bring to the table for the membership. Jeremy, specifically, we know about the trips to the World Cups with the coaches, but I also feel like a big part of your business plan is actually reaching out to powerful clubs in the United States and offering them opportunities to go overseas. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Here in the U.S., you know, we probably work with, gosh, over 120 different organizations to assist them with their international travel or international experiences, whether it's, you know, pro clubs that are reaching out that are trying to go do a preseason tour someplace internationally and they need some assistance with a facility or maybe some friendly matches, um, or it could be at the at the college level, being able to take college teams over for either a spring break or a preseason trip. Obviously, in the youth space, as large as it is here in the United States, uh, we work with you know over 100 clubs across the country, uh, state associations, as an example. So it's it's a wide breadth of customers that that we work with. One of the pieces that makes us really unique is that you know, we are able to understand kind of what's going on in the soccer market all over the U.S. because we're working with all of these different clubs and understanding what some of the challenges that they have within their markets and how we can help be a facilitator to help overcome some of those objectives. It ranges in a lot of things, Dean. I mean, travel is one part of it, but it could be a tournament that someone wants to bring an international team into the U.S. and participate in their tournament. We can assist with that. It can be fundraising that someone's trying to do for their club or organization. And we can assist with that in a variety of different ways. So while sports travel is the core part of our business, we try to utilize our relationships to provide a benefit, I guess, to any organization that we're working with across the U.S. I think a good example of that is InspireFest, which, you know, really tries to create an incredible atmosphere for the teams. Is that something you'd like to talk about, Jeremy? InspireFest is something that we are looking to bring to the U.S. more in 2024. It's an event that Inspire Sport in the U.K. has done a tremendous job with. If you look at it, there's over 600 students from 43 teams across the U.K. that come together and participate in it. And the event in Spain in 2023 was a, was a big success. Bringing these types of international opportunities to allow groups from the U.S. that are looking to go over and, and, and have an international competition, InspireFest is one that we ourselves put together and one that, you know, as we do launch that more in 2024, there will be information to come on it. And when people stop by our booth at the convention, we'll have information for them there on it as well. You're hearing the voice of Jeremy Parkins, the Chief Operating Officer for Inspire Sport North America. Generation Adidas International, sportsbreaks.com, North America, Inspire Sport North America, the official international travel partner of United Soccer Coaches. We talked about that earlier, but that's a wonderful collaboration. Can you put into words one more time what that means to be the official international travel partner with the association? It's providing coaches, colleges, high schools, youth clubs, academies, rec organizations with an opportunity to experience the sport globally. And our core focus being sports travel and the 50 plus clubs that we have and organizations, federations that we have relationships with globally, it's being able to provide them with access to those different groups that they wouldn't otherwise get to have. And being able to do it with a trusted partner, you know, while our global headquarters is in Manchester, England, our North America headquarters is in Atlanta, Georgia. 
people are able to work with a, a, a local staff, a local group that's part of, of, of a larger organization with a global footprint and bringing all of those benefits through a trusted source to United Soccer Coaches and the membership is, is very exciting for us. You know, I'm big on making sure people can find my guests. Where are different places, Jeremy Parkins, people can learn more about what you guys are up to? Being able to go to inspiresportglobal.com, generationadidasinternational.com, sportsbreaks.com. They're all different divisions within our larger group. You go to any of those websites, you'll be able to find more information on what we do, the services we offer, the benefits that, that we can bring to the table. There's contact information on there that people can reach out to or forms that they can fill out. And then one of our staff will, will follow up with them very quickly. They can also come to the convention. You know, we'd love to see everybody at the convention come by our booth, come by any of the pro club sessions. You'll see some of our staff there. We'd love to spend some time talking to people about what we do and, and how we can work with them. Before we say goodbye, I always like the opportunity for you to tell a little bit more about yourself. So obviously you're from Northwest Ohio originally, but give me your path, Jeremy Parkins. Tell me where you went to college and how you ended up where you are now, which looks like a, a pretty good spot as the chief operating officer of Inspire Sport North America. Like you, Dean, proud to be from Ohio and Ohio roots. And as we all know, you know, the MLS Cup champion for 2023 is from Ohio. So there's a lot of things to be proud of in Ohio from, from 2023. But I played high school, college, and I spent two years on the reserve team for the Columbus Crew. So I spent my whole playing time with uh, the state of Ohio. And then I coached in college for four years, men and women. And then I was fortunate enough to join uh, the Columbus Crew when Major League Soccer started their youth initiative in 2007 to help get the academy and player development system off the ground. And I was there for 13 years. Columbus is always near and dear to my heart. Super excited for them to win their second MLS Cup in, in three years, uh, 2020, obviously, you know, during COVID and then, and then this year in Columbus. Was able to, to and very fortunate to be a part of all that. And my wife and I moved to Atlanta. And I got connected to Billy and Generation Diaz International and through COVID, there are some acquisitions that took place and now being able to be in a position to work with Destination Sport Group on all of our divisions, not only across North America, but globally, it's a lot of fun. You learn a lot about the world, working in different time zones every day. It's a neat path to be on to have experienced the sport at just about every level. Specifically, what high school and what college, Jeremy? So I went to Bluffton High School, a very small high school in Northwest Ohio. And then I graduated from the University of Finley. And oddly enough, with degrees in computer science and technology management. And here I am doing business management and sports travel. <laughs> Familiar with both. And then obviously, your ties to the Columbus crew. There's extra reason to be giddy about all of this. One more time, Jeremy Parkins. We're going to see you at the convention you're going to have a big booth. You guys are going to be busy, right, in Anaheim. Yeah, we'd love to see everybody there. We'd, we'd love you to come by our booth. When you come by our booth, ask about some of our VIP events that are invite only with some pretty neat guests to be a part of. So when you come by the booth, ask about that, and we would enjoy to invite you up to them. Jeremy Parkins, the Chief Operating Officer for Inspire Sport North America, Generation Adidas International, SportsBreaks.com North America. Can't say goodbye without us all knowing that you and your wife are expecting your first child. When's the baby coming, Jeremy? That's pretty cool. Well, first of all, thank you very much. My wife and I are very excited. The baby is due February 5th. I'm uh, planning on being at the convention. 
unless something happens early, then obviously I'll be, I'll be attending remotely, but excited to be at the convention and super excited for my wife and I's firstborn to come in early February. You know, are you going to be surprised or do you already know the sex of the baby? It's a baby boy. So I'm excited uh, to start this journey. My wife and I are both excited. All right. And as Jeff Van Dusen already re requested, you go with Jeff Van Dusen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. We're actually going to name the, 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 the middle name of the child, Jeff. <laughs> Parkins, <laughs> uh, uh, as we say goodbye, one more time, the websites where people can find you and then we'll track you down at the convention. Yeah, absolutely. InspireSportGlobal.com, GenerationAdidasInternational.com, and SportsBreaks.com uh, are the three divisions that uh, you'll see represented at the, at the convention this year. Jeremy Parkins, the COO of the official international travel partner with United Soccer Coaches. Thanks for being on this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thanks, Dean. All the best to you and happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, Jeremy. And coming up, we're not done talking about the official international travel partner for United Soccer Coaches. When we return, Billy Hartman, who started Generation Adidas International nearly 20 years ago, is the CEO for Inspire Sport North America, Generation Adidas International, SportsBreaks.com North America. His passion is awesome, and it'll be Billy Hartman on the bounce. As a soccer coach, you're no stranger to developing your players. But how are you developing your own expertise? As a United Soccer Coaches member, you receive access to a range of resources, like our online learning platform, The Training Ground, to aid in the growth and enhancement of your coaching skills and career. From coaching education courses to lifestyle services, take advantage of new opportunities and member benefits with an annual United Soccer Coaches membership for just $125. Join the home of all coaches today at unitedsoccercoaches.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. We just heard from the COO for Inspire Sport North America, Generation Adidas International, SportsBreaks.com North America, and Jeremy Parkins. And he promised us the CEO, who is Mr. Billy Hartman for Inspire Sport North America, Generation Adidas International, and SportsBreak.com North America. A premier partner with United Soccer Coaches who will have a premier presence in just a few weeks at the convention in Anaheim. With that, we welcome in the CEO, Billy Hartman. Mr. Hartman, welcome to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Great to be here. Thanks for having us, Dean. Yeah, obviously, Jeremy spent quite a bit of time about the excitement with the convention around the corner. I'm guessing you echo that sentiment. That's what we'll start with, Billy Hartman. Will you be out in Anaheim? Absolutely. We'll be there. I think it's I should say a little embarrassed to say it's probably my 30th year in a row, maybe something like that. Yeah, I've been I've been to quite a few. I got to be up there with with some of the big ones. <laughs> All right. Well, that's incredible. So in those 30 years, so did you start as a coach then? Uh, Billy, tell us your story a little bit before we dive into this great partnership you have with United Soccer Coaches. Well, I've got a great story about United Soccer Coaches. I'll try I'll try not to make it uh, too long, but uh, it starts actually when I was a junior in high school. The United Soccer Coaches Convention actually was in Atlanta, where I grew up. I skipped school my junior year to chase down a coach named Jim Lennox, who was the coach of Hartwick College at the time. This was quite a few years ago because Hartwick was where I was one of the schools that I was interested in going. I actually ended up going to UNC and playing with the legendary Anson Dorrance, who coached both the men's and the women's back then. But anyway, I skipped school and I and I went to uh, went down to the um, to the convention in Atlanta at that time it was much smaller i think there was maybe a thousand people there 
potentially. And uh, this was in the late 70s, so pretty long time ago. Uh, and I ran him down in an elevator and I gave him my elevator pitch as to why he should recruit me. And I wanted to play at Hartwick. It started there. That was my first uh, impression with, uh, at the time, of course, it was NSCA, but United Soccer Coaches. After college, I went to work for Umbro and we were at every convention. Matter of fact, we were the main sponsor for most of that period of time that I was there. Then I left Umbro to start the business that I've been involved in now for 25 years. And we've gone every year during that, that period as well. So it's been quite a while for me. Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. When I broke into soccer, I was still in college at Ohio U and I worked Olympic festivals with Jim Lennox. And, you know, I've lived in Chapel Hill now since 1999 and have collaborated with Anson Dorrance. My first camp that U.S. Soccer sent me on was to Santa Barbara with Anson Dorrance and really the majority of the team that would play in China, Billy. So uh, yeah. it's great to have that incredible connection. And ironically, you mentioned Hartwick. You, you just heard me talking to Nate Lee about Glenn Mooch Marnick, who yeah. played at Heart Week as well. Um, do you still keep in touch with uh, Anson at all, Billy? I do. I'm, I'm very close to Anson. We talk uh, two, three or four times a year, I'd say, probably. And I get a chance to go to Chapel Hill quite often with our business because the Soccer.com group is located there, plus a lot of major clubs. So I get a chance to connect with Anson fairly regularly. Yeah. So that means I probably may have bumped into you at the Crunkleton with the Moylans and Durwood and that type of thing. Is that right? Very likely. You're there at 411, one of the two. Yeah. All right. Awesome. <laughs> you know, the Moylans, uh, one of their kids played soccer with my one of my my kids. And I used to joke with them, you know, I'm going to make a T-shirt that says, you know, I got soccer.com. What do you got? <laughs> Obviously, they've been yep. Well, you've been extremely successful. You must be super proud of what you've built at Inspire Sport North America, Generation Adidas International and SportsBreaks.com North America. Yeah, it's been a, you know, it's been a long, slow build, a long road, but uh, it's been extremely satisfying and I've really enjoyed every step of the way, all the challenges and all the, all the rewards as well. And, um, and yeah, we're a, we're an official partner of, of soccer.com as well. I get to, I get to see those guys and get back to Chapel Hill as often as I can, which is nice. So is Atlanta home now still, uh, Billy? That's where you are? Atlanta's home. Our home office is here. Uh, we've got offices in Manchester and, and Madrid as well. But uh, Atlanta is our North American home office. And that's where I grew up. And that's where I'm based now as well. As you know, I really enjoyed the interviews, getting people kind of pumped up for the opportunity to go to Qatar and then also the opportunity to go to Australia and New Zealand. But you guys do so much more, Billy. You've got the floor and it's a podcast, so don't worry about taking up too much time. What's the best way to describe the focus of your company? The best way to describe the focus of the company is, is we provide experiences, unique experiences around the sport, both educational and technical. Um, for youth all, all the way up through the professional level. So it's 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 uh, a lot of youth team travel, but also coaching education. And then we also do some professional stuff as well. And we're in the sport travel business built around a variety of types of experiences, but um, educational and playing experiences are, are what we are sort of our main focus. Really, Billy Hartman, they're life-changing experiences for those that jump on board, whether it's coaches or youth clubs, right? I mean, it, they're big time. That's one of the things we're most proud of. Everything starts with an experience, and this business actually started the same way. When I was 15 in Atlanta going to school, um, I went to a soccer camp that was put on by the Aston Villa Academy manager that came over to do a camp in Atlanta. And little did we did I know that at the end of the camp, he offered two two players the opportunity to go back and train with Villa for the rest of the summer. I had never been out of the country. 
I didn't even know who Aston Villa was before that camp. And so back then, you know, we couldn't get EPL on the TV. So the only thing you could get was soccer made in Germany back then. So we had no real perspective. And uh, it was my first time away from home and out of the country. And it, it, it literally was a life-changing experience for me and ended up influencing my, my life in, in ways not only on the field, but off the field professionally as well, and really opened my eyes to a variety of things that I never would have imagined had I not gone on that trip to Aston Villa in the summer of 78, a long time ago. Yeah. And so from there, I always felt like all through college, um, high school and college, I really felt, didn't understand why other kids couldn't, couldn't experience a, a similar experience that I had, which was, which was really transformational, honestly, with my life. Stayed in touch with a lot of people from that trip, including a gentleman named Dave Richardson, who ended up working for Howard Wilkinson for the FA. He was the academy director from Villa at the time that came over and did the camp. And I stayed in touch with him. I went back uh, between my freshman and sophomore year in college and trained at Leicester. He was the reserve coach at Leicester. And I got a chance to spend that summer training. Another unbelievable experience for me. So in the back of my head, I was always wondering why, why other kids shouldn't get a chance to experience that. And that was sort of the stepping stone and in the initial, um, I guess, uh, inspiration around the business. And so when I decided, when I was at Umbro, I, I, I started hearing the youth clubs uh, and the coaches saying the same thing. Like at the time, Umbro had Man United and Chelsea and the Brazilian national team that won the 94 World Cup. And a lot of the youth clubs were saying, you know, you have these great uh, sponsorships, these these connections with these great clubs that have, a, that have an intensive youth development programs, but how do we benefit from that? How do we touch it and feel it? And so at some point after hearing this over and over again, I decided to, to leave Umbro and to start the business on my own. And um, really from the back, you know, from my basement, it started and, and it's grown to where it is now, which is a, um, a, a much bigger company with a, with a lot of employees. And, and two years ago was merged with a much bigger group out of uh, Europe that's provided an incredible amount of resources for us. And they've taken majority position in the business and really taken us to, to the next level. So yeah, super excited about all that we've accomplished over those 25 years. Billy Hartman, uh, as you know, 30,000 members of United Soccer Coaches, the listenership to this podcast, which has been around a long time, has never been higher. Extremely proud of that and proud that the United Soccer Coaches has given me this platform with you knowing, sitting there right now, knowing that tons of youth coaches are listening, tons of CEOs for youth programs are listening, tons of college coaches are listening, assistant coaches and everything else. What is your message to them about what you can do for them with one of these trips, Billy? So, you know, it's interesting because I like to start with, uh, and, and, our, and our whole group um, culturally is the same way. Um, I know that a lot of people have strong opinions on the youth development in this country and how successful it's been over the last 20 years. But I have to say that um, it, to me, it's amazing how far the U.S. has come in such a short period of time versus the rest of the world. And organization, organizations like the United Soccer Coaches that have so many passionate people that are committed to, um, to growing the sport and providing youth development opportunities, um, it's just amazing. What we do is we are a very small supplement to that, but we think an important one. So the, the youth the youth players and the coaches, while they get tremendous experiences and education here in the US, we feel that as part of that educational journey that a player takes when they join a youth club at eight and leave at 18, 
um, that they ought to have an opportunity for an international experience as part of that development. And you can talk day in and day out about what the coaches can tell you about what it's like to train at Real Madrid's academy or, or to play against a Man United academy team or to go overseas and play in a tournament. They can tell you what it's like, but until you've actually experienced that yourself, and gone and sort of immersed yourself in the culture, it's just not the same. And what we like to believe is, although it's a very small supplement to that development that the players get, it's a very important one. And we want to try to make it available, not as mandatory, but as an optional opportunity and experience for every kid who plays in any club to have a, to have a unique opportunity to go and experience what I did when I was 15 and, and, and have the opportunity to, to have that sort of we believe that, you know, when you combine sport and travel, it's it can be transformational. It really can. And it can change people's lives. And that's what gets us up every day. Our whole group, we talk about it all the time. With that transformational experience, the fact that you are a one-stop shop to make sure that it is transformational and or life-changing is the word that, that I used. Uh, that's, that's the heart of it, right? You guys are a one-stop shop for the whole thing. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So, you know, we provide the flight, the hotels, the transportation um, while you're there, the food, uh, pretty much everything, uh, tickets to the match, all the uh, all the sport related, soccer related activities, meaning competitive matches, training at the professional academies that we offer or, or tournaments. Um, and if it's a coaching education trip, all of the content and the education that goes along with it, we do it all. And uh, we have really unique access to tickets to the professional matches which is a big key highlight of most of our trips so uh we can get tickets to games that other people can't because of our uh professional and uh, agreements with the clubs uh sports breaks as an example is our fan fan travel company uh we do fan packages um and and as an example through that if if you we have you know 1200 tickets plus tickets to every man united home game uh, as well as, you know, tickets to other 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 teams as well. So um, that's really a big benefit to traveling with us is that everything's taken care of and you get to focus on just having a wonderful time and the experience. You don't have to worry about organizing food or whether the bus is going to come on time or, you know, what jersey you have to wear when you're when you're at training. We, we, we take care of all of that. Two more questions for Billy Hartman, the CEO of Inspire Sport North America, Generation Adidas International and SportsBreaks.com. North America from a junior who skipped school to chase down coach Lennox to be a part of the convention to now, what was the tipping point that made you say, I want to be a premier partner and connected to United soccer coaches? So the tipping point for us was uh, right after COVID when uh, we made a decision that, you know, our, the majority of our business, a large portion of our business, although we do coaching education and fan trips and all the kinds of things, is the majority of our business is the youth team travel. That's driven heavily by the coach. And we really liked, uh, obviously, the connection and the, uh, the culture built around United Soccer Coaches as it relates to getting access and being able to communicate effectively to coaches. They drive a lot of what we do. Um, and uh, they're a very important part of our process. Uh, and it's educational for them as well. So uh, after COVID, we made a decision that we were going to take a, you know, a, a bigger position with United Soccer Coaches than we had in the past and, and decided to come on as a full premier partner with them. And we're, we've been very pleased with, with it. Well, and part of that fact that you've been pleased is what gets done at the convention. I was always impressed, you know, being behind the scenes at what Soccer.com does around the convention to maximize it. 
And I feel like you guys do the same thing. Yeah, you have a booth, but you guys are working that entire time, right, Billy? That's an important part of your game plan in Anaheim coming up, right? It is. It's become such an important event for us. Not only are we at the event, but the day before we have our uh, sales launch meeting where our whole company comes. So we start on Monday. Our groups come in Monday before and we have a meeting Tuesday and then we roll into the convention on Wednesday. And yeah, for us, it's sitting down and getting appointments with those coaches. It's a big part of what we do. I think we had 120 appointments last year with coaches. Um, we literally go from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. We have uh, seven or eight uh, what we call business development managers that are booked every day, all day long. So in addition to what's going on in our booth, we have a we have our own uh, our, our our own meeting rooms that United Soccer Coaches has provided for us, and and we have back to you know meetings back to back all day long for the whole convention. It's very nice to get in front of people that you don't get a chance to see, you know, a lot during the year. It's it's our time to do that, and we take full advantage of it for sure. I have so enjoyed this interview, and I love the connections as well, Billy, to some people that have meant a lot to me that you also have, Billy Hartman, the CEO. I'm going to give you a last word time, and that is if. People heard nothing but what you say right now about why you are tied to United Soccer Coaches in your work at Inspire Sport North America, Generation Adidas International, SportsBreaks.com North America. Billy Hartman, the CEO, what do you want to leave them with? Culturally, we, we line up really well with United Soccer Coaches. There's a lot of passion around education and experiences and being able to, 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 to see and, and learn and, and constantly evolve and and the two of us line up really nicely there. And so that's what I would leave it with is that it's just such, such a great place to, to learn and experience and either be it domestically or internationally. And yeah, we're, we're very much tied into that. And let's leave selling. If people want to track you guys down, what's the best way to get to you? Yeah, you can look at inspiresportglobal.com or generationadidasinternational.com. Either one of those two will take you to us or you can just Google sports tours internationally and we'll come up hopefully right there on top. All right, Billy Hartman, a great interview and a great partner with United Soccer Coaches. Thanks so much for being on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thank you, Dean. It was a pleasure. The pleasure was all mine. It's also a pleasure working closely with the API Soccer Coaches community led by Ashu Saxena, who pushes forward another great guest, the new head coach of the Kansas women's soccer team. He comes over from Xavier. Nate Lee is up after this message. Does it feel like all you're doing to manage your team, club, or league is busy work? If so, League Apps can help you get back to doing what you love, delivering a powerful yet simple youth sports management platform. From robust registration and payment tools to automated communications and other software integrations, League Apps saves you time and headaches. Less busy work, more time doing what you love. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, where we are joined by a special guest pushed forward by Ashu Sakswena, but we didn't need Ashu to want to talk to Nate Lee, an exceptional recruiter, meticulous tactician, and an experienced postseason contender. He was named the fourth head coach in Kansas women's soccer history on December 4th, coming over from Xavier. And it's Nate Lee that joins me now on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Nate Lee, thanks for being on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, and happy holidays to you and your family. 
Yeah, thanks, Dean. It's uh, it's absolutely my pleasure, and, and uh, happy holidays to you and yours as well. You know, I feel like we're connected. I'm doing this with you from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and you think of Roy Williams, you think of Kansas, and, you know, immediately you go right there to Kansas, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, right? And uh, are you already all in on the Rock Chalk? You all, you already rolling on that, Coach? <laughs> I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be. I, I'm, I've asked the do's and the don'ts about about how do you use it. Uh, I think they told me if someone says rock chalk to you, you do not respond Jayhawk. You just uh, a rock chalk back at them. Yeah, I can't believe it that, uh, you know, Coach Self's been here for 20 years now. Uh, I still kind of associate Coach Williams with with KU when I was growing up watching hoops. Yeah, that's so well said. And look, you had a, a great run at Xavier. This job opens up. And what is most appealing about taking over this Kansas Jayhawks women's soccer program? I wouldn't say at all that I was looking to make a change. I was I was very happy at Xavier. We'd planted some real roots there. My wife's from Cincinnati. I'm from Cleveland. We'd built a program we were proud of and, you know, been to four straight NCAA tournaments and all and all that good stuff. So we weren't looking by any means. Um, but I, I think that maybe speaks to what I perceive as a, a massive opportunity here at KU. It's been a program with a real rich tradition. And Coach Francis did a great job over 25 years and reached two sweet 16s. And so it's, it's been done in the past and, you know, maybe haven't had that the strongest couple of years, but the potential's there with, with Casey being down the road. And I don't know if you've been, if you've been out here, but our facility at Rock Chalk Park is, is pretty incredible. You know, the big 12 keeps expanding. You know, we're really excited about this opportunity. So I actually didn't realize, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I'm from Ohio. So the fact that you and your wife are also from Ohio, the fact that you spent time at Cincinnati, the recruiting coordinator for four years at Miami University. By the way, I went to Ohio U and I never understood uh -oh. everything. I know you said, uh oh, I never totally got it. So <laughs> hopefully you won't hang up on me there. But, you know, obviously you enjoyed your time at all those places, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I've I've been so blessed that my entire 15 season coaching career has been within a 50 mile radius of, of Southwest Ohio. I'm a Miami alum, so I, I was fortunate enough to work at my alma mater. And the gentleman, Bobby Kramig, if you know that name, who coached me, he was the men's coach for pretty much the inception of the program, um, then hired me to as my first assistant position when he switched over to the women's side and, you know, loved my time at, at University of Cincinnati working under Neil Stafford. And then, yeah, these last seven years at, at Xavier have been really dear to me, like really special. And so it's sad, like it's sad leaving Ohio in many ways, but, you know, I just went out and looked at a home here near KU and and we're, we're getting ready to make this big, this big leap. So what is your wife, Emily, your children, Michael, Grace, and Joshua, what's uh, their reaction to moving to Kansas? Emily totally signed off on this one, if I can use that term, you know, like she, I've always prioritized family over everything in, in making these coaching decisions. And that's why my entire career has been in that small area. You know, I think I could have probably reached the head coach, coach seat earlier had we been willing to move and maybe even climb the proverbial ladder a little faster if we'd been willing to move. Um, but we always really valued our family and, and continuity. She knew how excited I was about this one. She really values raising a family in, in the Midwest. Uh, we're still we're still drivable back to Cincinnati when need be. So she's she's getting you know she's getting used to the idea of leaving home. The kids have gone through waves of they were really sad at first because they're leaving their friends, and then um, you know KU was nice enough to 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 bring our whole family out here, and they they walked us to midcourt at a basketball game, and they they really you know get rolled out the red carpet. And so the 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 kids left with 
Kansas basketball jerseys and hoodies and hats, and they've been wearing them to school every day. So they go through waves of being really excited, really sad, really scared. You know, um, it's it's going to all be new. And I think one thing I'm at least looking forward to is when you move and you take on these adventures, what you have most is your family. And so I think we'll kind of double down on on investing in each other. And one thing I feel really confident about is this kind of community of Lawrence supporting us and our family. It's something that has really stood out to all of us. Yeah, Roy, uh, I interviewed him several times. I used to run the Chapel Hill radio station. So Roy would come in quite a bit and he, you know, said exactly that, the the support and the family atmosphere that Lawrence offers and that Kansas offers is right there. And that's pretty much what you're saying. You're feeling already and you've barely even been there, right, Nate? Yeah, absolutely. And the, the athletic director, Travis Goff, he really stood out to me in this process as like a transformational leader, a, a true um, steward of the program. And he talked to me a lot about how the department looks at family and wants it to be right for the family and will take care of them. And that gave me a lot of comfort as I talked to Emily about this potential transition is just how much KU athletics led by Travis and values bringing families into the community. We're here with Nate Lee, the new head coach of the Kansas women's soccer team coming over from Xavier, he like me, is an Ohio guy. He spent time in two of the bigger cities in Ohio, Cleveland, and then Cincinnati, but now headed to Lawrence, Kansas to take on the Jayhawks. And, you know, you're also, I know, proud of the work that Ashusak Swain is doing in the API soccer coaches community. I know they're super proud of you, Nate. You must have been very happy when Ashu pushed you forward to say, hey, Dean, pay attention, man, that Kansas has hired a, a big timer here. I really like the direction and, you know, you talk about transformational. I feel like a shoe is, is that kind of leader as well with what he's doing with the API coaches community. So talk about how important that community is as it continues to grow. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I feel really fortunate to have connected with, with that community. I saw it out somewhere and then I did some digging. Cause I'm like, I want, I want to be part of this. Either or not many Asian Americans in this game in coaching one of our managers back at, at Xavier, his name's Austin, and he was great for us. He sent me a little note after he graduated and after I took this opportunity, and we exchanged gratitude. But one thing he said was, it was really amazing working with and under someone who looks like me, right? Um, because for for him and I, that, that doesn't happen a ton. And so I come from a, a family of great diversity. Um, my dad came over to the States and only had his brother here in America and the rest of his family is still back in Asia. My mom's family fled, you know, Eastern Europe during World War II. And my my grandmother was a concentration camp survivor. And, you know, she lost most of her family during the war. And so growing up, so much of my identity was sort of forged in uh, that unique background of, of mine. And, and that's something we're looking to pass on to our kids so they know what their family's been through and, and their heritage. And so anytime that, you know, we can re represent something bigger than the game, uh, I'm, I'm always honored to do so. Specifically, where from Asia is your father from? My father was born in Indonesia, but his parents were both born in China. And so if you asked him, he would say he's Chinese. We're here with Nate Lee, the new head coach of the Kansas women's soccer team, was just named on December 4th, signing a five-year contract. He'll be out and ready in the spring and then for the full fall season as well. And 
you said you saw what was going on with the API soccer coaches community. You clearly know that a shoe, you know, pushed you forward to get on this podcast as well. How else have you been involved with the API soccer coaches community? Have you been able to be on some zooms and some meetings and that type of thing, coach? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm still new. And uh, so I would like to take or have a bigger role. I'd like to be more part of the community, like truly part of the community, but it's, it's something that I wasn't even aware existed uh, less than a year ago. And so that that's um, certainly initiative for, for me going forward. Obviously in this world we live in today, we know that there can be some racial bias, particular, you know, after COVID and everything else toward Asian Americans and that type of thing. Have you experienced any of that, Nate? And uh, what is your message about that? Well, thankfully I haven't, you know, of late, but again, growing up in a neighborhood where no one looked like me and there wasn't a ton of diversity in general, and there wasn't as much education and sensitivity out there. Uh, I got a lot of comments when I, when I was young, some were, were way more innocent and, and some I think were meant to, to hurt. As I mentioned, my, the, my maternal side is Jewish and uh, you wouldn't, you know, if you're going to stereotype and all that, like if you, when you look at me, you wouldn't have guessed so. And so I heard a lot of things over the years that that were hurtful to me on that side, um, maybe because people didn't weren't weren't filtering the, their comments. And so even with, you know, the events going on in the Middle East and, and, and I have family that, that lives in Israel or not too long ago when um, Asian American sort of hate crimes and speech um, were, were increasing pretty quickly uh, after COVID. I'm I'm very sensitive sensitive to it and want to be around a team where we respect and each other's differences and actually appreciate um, differences. At our old program at Xavier, we had a, a community service committee within our team. We also had a social justice committee within our team. We want to be part of the change. You know, young young people and student athletes in particular have a platform to be heard, and I certainly want to be a part of an organization that wants the world to be a better place and actively thinks about how that can happen. So, yeah, I mean, as you know, in athletics, it could be competitive. So people say stuff on purpose at times to, um, to try to rile you up. And so most of the, the hate that I felt, um, at least the explicit hate was when, when I was actually playing soccer and other sports. Wow. That's so well said as your diverse background allows you to, I think now even more, not that Xavier isn't big, but, you know, being at a powerhouse school like Kansas, I think it gives you a good opportunity to use that platform to show people, hey, look at me, you know, and look at my background, look what you can do when you, you know, pursue your dreams and 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 go for it. I mean, is that fair to say, Nate? I mean, you've got a great opportunity here now, I think. We're not um, curing cancer or solving the world's problems here as soccer coaches. Um, I don't like to take myself or ourselves too seriously. What I will say is like, since I've been at Kansas, more people know who you are. That's for sure. Um, they've done a great job with their social team of getting the message out. And I walk down the street here in Lawrence and people recognize me and it's, it's kind of new to me. And so, um, you know, knowing that there are people in the community who might look at me and, or look at our staff or look at our program with a little bit of, of, of reverence at times, it also means that I think we carry a a pretty heavy responsibility to to treat people the right way and and to act a certain way and then hopefully yeah to to speak out about things that we're passionate about
as the head coach, and you obviously did great work at Xavier to get the nod to take over Kansas. You know the importance of building a coaching staff. Can you tell us about your coaching staff? Is it complete? Did you take some people with you from Xavier? Who you got, coach? Right. So we have a candidate coming to, to campus tomorrow who we're, we're hoping to, to seal the deal. And I think that would be a, a big step for, for our program. The one coach that is that is public that we're allowed to talk about is a gentleman named Tyler Smaha, who joined our staff at Xavier not too long ago, back in 2020 as a volunteer. And his first year with us, he worked as goalkeepers, even though he had no goalkeeping experience, worked his way up to a full-time assistant coach. I recently promoted him, promoted him to associate head coach at Xavier, and then has kind of joined the staff here at KU and, and actually pulled himself out of multiple head coaching potential searches um, to make this this trip and and take this dive together. Uh, he's he's going to be a special one. I I'm pretty sure. Just a, a great person to start off with. Natural relationship builder. Cares about the student athletes. That translates to recruiting. And you know that's where I probably started. Made my name as as a younger coach is in the recruiting world. And Tyler's as good as it gets and and has played a big part in sort of our growth as a program out at, out at X. So I'm super thankful for him and his wife, Kendall, to come out here with us. They just got married. Kendall's from down South. So this isn't moving her closer to home. Thankfully, they, they just bought a house and hopefully we'll plant some roots, but yeah, Tyler's coming along and then we'll have a few other positions where I actually think this will get wrapped up here in the next, in the next week, if I had to guess. When did Nate Lee find the, value of coaching women's soccer which you know a lot of times it's a tipping point in someone's career and they're like man I like this a whole lot better you know Anson talks about it all the time when, when did you have that tipping point to say you know I really like coaching the women's game yeah you, you probably don't know a lot about my background Dean but um, I didn't coach my first day of soccer till I was 30 years old um, so no club no high school no ODP, nothing until I was 30. So I was out in the in the business world for for a bunch of years, for the better part of eight years. Did two years actually of full-time community service through AmeriCorps. And so I I knew I was transitioning to something probably more educational related. So I thought I was going to be like a high school history teacher and soccer coach. And that was kind of the path I was looking at. And my college coach, um, the guy I talked about before, his name is Bobby was always a, a friend and mentor to me. And I started talking to him kind of through my mid to late 20s about um, having a coaching itch. And, you know, was it possible to do as a full-time job? Um, and if so, is college a viable route? And he kind of told me, yes, but you're going to have to go be a GA somewhere, go volunteer somewhere. And again, I, I had like a career uh, and was getting to about 30 and I'll fast forward to it, but he eventually had a coaching opening and decided to give me a shot. And so he was the head women's coach at Miami university, hired me as the assistant coach, um, back in April of 2009, the other assistant coach who would be considered the first assistant coach, uh, left to go to Iowa. His name's Shane left to go to Iowa in like May or June. And so one month into ever coaching in my entire career, I was like essentially first assistant coach at a D1 program and recruiting coordinator. And it was the best thing that could have happened to me because Bobby is very much um, a hands-off kind of leader, lets you, lets you do your thing. And 
So I just dove headfirst into everything, um, probably recruiting the hardest. I, I knew the least about coaching. So I more tried to learn from other people, but yeah, went into that. And so to try to answer your question, when I first started coaching, the reason I got in, the reason I started coaching women was because that was my opportunity. Mm-hmm. I probably at the time would have preferred if I could go coach men, because that's all I knew. But it, right away, like I fell in love with this profession, right right away, I, I fell in love with coaching on the women's side. And then when, when my friends would start asking me like, hey, would you, would you want to flip over to the, to the boys side, to the men's side? Really early on, my answer was like, nope, I'm good here. In my experience, if 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 the women trust you um, and you can communicate your vision um, and you can show that you care about them as people, they'll you know run through the proverbial wall for you. They'll be the best teammates. Um, you know, being around a bunch of programs, they probably got in a lot less trouble. They they got a lot better grades. Uh, I think their brains develop a little bit faster than than the guys. And just the way I like to coach, um, you know, there has to be. Uh, a selflessness to it. There has to be an attention to detail. And in, in, in my experience that, you know, those kind of qualities really mesh with the women's game. So um, from pretty early on, I, I knew that as long as people would, would keep hiring me or, or have me, that I was going to stay on this side of the fence. Wow. Incredible. I'm so glad that you did give us a little bit more insight into your background. I mean, you quite frankly, I'm going to sound like a sycophant, but you look like you're only 30. Obviously you got your <laughs> You're older than 30, but uh, you definitely um, look fantastic, coach. And that means you're happy, I think, is a, is the best way to say it. And obviously, you've got good genes as well. You know, it's interesting, though. One of the sort of stereotypical things is, you know, with uh, and, and uh, Shoes talked about it, and he's had several other coaches on that, you know, in the, the Asian Pacific world, you know, they kind of expect you to be like in software or aerodynamics or a doctor or that type of thing. What did mom and dad say when you said, you know what, at 30, I'm flipping this switch and I'm going into coaching? Yeah, well, sorry to keep on going backward on this one, um, but I, I do have an answer to this question. So, yeah, like my dad came over here for, you know, quote unquote, the better life. Him and his family grew up in like real third world conditions. Um, I've been back to his hometown they grew up in six of them grew up in like a two room house. And his older brother um, was the first one to come over to the United States. And he came over as a physician um, after medical school. And his wife was also a doctor. And for whatever it's worth, their two kids are doctors. And so <laughs> when I was growing up playing soccer, or even when I got close to like the recruiting process, my dad could care less about the soccer side. Everything was academics. If, if soccer worked out fair enough. Um, but when I was making a college decision or making any decision in life, like it was from a young age, from as, as long as I can remember, I always knew the importance of academics and how much it meant to my family, right? Um, for like, again, even my mom's side, sort of an idea of a, a better life. And so right out of college, I was a double major in finance and economics. I had good grades. I always did well in school. I got a an investment banking job with Bank of America, which like are they're the hard ones to get. Um, they're they're very, very well paying. And I think in my parents' eyes, I I had made it slash they had done their jobs to to allow me to kind of get to that level. So I, I worked for for B of A for two years on the investment banking side. And then after those two years, I left to go volunteer, right? To go to go give my time for free to, to the AmeriCorps program. And that was the hardest year or two of my relationship with my parents. 
because they did not understand that decision. They thought it was crazy. And at the time, you know, again, if you're a 22, 23 year old guy, you think you know everything, you're pretty inward looking. And so I understood where they were coming from, but I probably didn't empathize enough with um, how much they had sacrificed. Like they put me through college when we didn't, I didn't leave with loans, even though we didn't have a lot of money. They took out the loans, they burdened that. And so those years were really tenuous between me and my parents because they couldn't understand why I made that decision. And I couldn't understand how they didn't see that I was the happiest I'd ever been. You know, um, doing volunteer work during service work is honestly probably the, the two most enjoyable, gratifying years of my life. I met my wife at a Habitat for Humanity site. And so we went through that. Okay. And then I went back and worked finance for four years. But by the time I took the leap into coaching, I think my parents understood me a lot better. They understood my why and understood that I wasn't making these choices willy nilly that I'd have, if I followed my passion, that it would eventually probably work out, you know, and, and, and I could still have the life that they envisioned for me. And so they've been great. They've been great through my coaching journey in supporting me and, you know, becoming super fans of the teams that I've been part of. Um, but I think it's because we grew through my my choice in AmeriCorps. I will say this, and I'm gonna, I hope my mom doesn't get too mad at me for saying this. Um, when I told her I was, when I called her to tell her I was taking this job at Kansas, and she didn't know I was interviewing with them, uh, the first words out of her mouth were, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> as a good as a good mother might say when when their son moves their family further away from them. Um, but again, that quickly faded, and they're they're excited for me and and have like eaten up all the the social media that's out there. And, you know, they've, they've already figured out ways that they're going to come visit us out in Kansas. That's brilliant. And obviously I'm going to give you a nod as an Ohio U grad. They had to be pleased that you went to the Ivy league school, the math. <laughs> Are you gonna claiming that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, the, the, the public Ivy thing came out right at the right time that I was going to, to Miami and graduating. And yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, like my, my bank of America class, all my classmates were from Stanford and Northwestern, you know, outside of those really, really prestigious schools. I think me and two other Miami people were the only ones that like would have not been in the traditional like top, top tier academics. And so I think that did speak to the opportunities that Miami afforded. There you go. I tip your hat to uh, Miami. When did you when did you join the Miami staff? What year was that? 2009. I was there for four seasons, 2009 to 2012. Okay. Um, you know, that's too bad because in 2014, you know, the NSCAA did a game of the week, Miami at Ohio U. And you said Bobby, right? What was his last name, the head coach? Kramig, K-R-A-M-I-G. Yeah, he he was the coach, right, in 2014? Yep. He sure yeah. was. We interviewed him and um, United Soccer Coaches took a whole bunch of Ohio U kids over to Europe to follow the World Cup that was down in brazil and everywhere we went the teams were doing great you know we were in belgium um you know which beat the u.s and then we were in germany which you know won that world cup i'm pretty sure and it was amazing but you know the the key thing is that fall all 11 of the kids were part of the broadcast ohio u and miami so i got to oh, meet nice. i would have been able to meet you look this has been fantastic just two more questions for you and we'll yep. let you know um the first one is when you now hear api coaches community, what does it mean to the new head coach at Kansas, Nate Lee? I'll say this in the context of moving to a new place. 
um, all you can really hope is that you find community, people who care for you um, without knowing you super well, you know, making an investment in, in you and your family and in your hopes and your dreams. That's what I'm hoping for um, me and my family as we transition to, to KU and Lawrence. I, I would associate that with how I feel about, you know, API um, in that you have a connection with people that you've never met and you're willing to go out of your way for people that you don't know a ton about because of your connectedness um, that, that kind of goes unspoken. And so I do feel that it's like my duty going forward, if there's ever a way that I can repay anything to, to that organization or the people that are part of it, um, I certainly want to. And finally, in one sentence, this is the United Soccer Coaches podcast. When you think of those three words, United Soccer Coaches, what does that organization mean to Nate Lee? I've learned a ton and really valued being part of this greater, you know, ecosphere, if that's even a word. Um, one of the first things I did when I started coaching, and it's what I'll always be thankful to Bobby is we didn't have a big budget over at Miami, but he always, always valued sort of coaching education um, and, and community. And so I think all four of my years there, I went to convention and I learned so much on the field. Again, I didn't know anything. So I was just soaking up every field session I could. And I learned so much and met so many people off the field, um, networking. It's been really great to me. I've really enjoyed, I went through and got my premier diploma um, all the way to national, advanced national premier through that side of, of the organization. Um, again, met great people. And I think it opened my eyes to different ways of playing, to different levels, to different ways of teaching. And I look forward to, whenever I can go to convention, I have, I have the greatest time kind of on and off the field. And I think we as a, as a community um, do a really good job of supporting each other. Kansas has a good one here in Nate Lee. What a great interview. One of my favorite interviews, Nate, and I've done a lot of interviews. This was awesome. 100%. And as we say goodbye, it's just a one word answer. Browns or Bengals? Browns oh, or Browns? Bengals. Browns. No, no, no doubt. Yeah, that's nine, and five, nine and five, sir. Right. Now. <laughs> <laughs> that's too bad. You had everything right. I even gave you the Miami pass and everything else, but I don't know. I can't give you the, the Browns pass. I'm a Bengals guy all the way. I was hoping maybe they converted you while you were down there in uh, Cincinnati and Xavier. No chance. No chance. Nothing. There is no community that uh, bonds over misery like Cleveland sports fans. <laughs> Uh, and, and for whatever it's worth, for for whatever it's worth, my 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 kids who were essentially all born and raised in Cincinnati uh, would answer Browns too. So I've done my job. You, you all, all Cleveland people can be proud of me. Yeah, you have done your job for sure. Great job, Nate. I wish you all the best. I hope we can keep in touch, and I'd love to have you back on after a season there with the the Jayhawks. Really proud of you, Nate. Thanks so much for being on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Yeah, anytime, Dean, anytime. And thank you so much for, for giving me this opportunity. My pleasure. What a great interview. What a cool dude, Nate Lee. Speaking of cool dudes, Chris Handy gets a letter of commendation from United Soccer Coaches, and we'll visit with Chris Handy when we return. You do not want to miss your chance to join the most eagerly awaited soccer coaching event of the year. Get a special discount with our exclusive promo code UNITED24 all caps. That's UNITED24 all caps. That is a $90 discount after the new price increase. 
experience the United Soccer Coaches Convention, an engaging five-day gathering of the soccer coaching community featuring live full-field demonstrations and enriching educational sessions. Join thousands of other coaches in an event that's become a yearly highlight. Connect with soccer's elite, including Javier Zanetti of Inter Milan, Laura Harvey of the Olau Reign, Jermaine Jones of Fuego FC, Leonard Griffin of Calman Soccer, and Carla Thompson from San Diego Wave FC, among other renowned figures you don't want to miss seeing in person. Are you looking to elevate your coaching expertise? Join the Advanced National Diploma course when you register to refine your skills and enhance your coaching profile. Secure your spot at the discounted rate of $425. Again, using the promo code UNITED24, all caps, UNITED24. Hashtag StrongerUnited24, and we'll see you in Anaheim. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. As I mentioned last week, each year at the United Soccer Coaches Convention, the association recognizes a select few for their special contributions to the sport and the association's membership. This year, five individuals will be presented letters of accommodation at the awards banquet on Friday, January 12, 2024, as part of the 84th Annual Convention in Anaheim, California. United Soccer Coaches Letter of Commendation is presented to a recipient for their service to impact on and or positive influence on the association and or the game of soccer in the United States. This year's five recipients are John DeWitt from Houston, Texas. He was on last week. Coming up in the weeks ahead, Scott Oliver, John Orozco, Deborah Raber, and I'm so pleased to be joined now by Chris Handy. Let me tell you a little bit about Coach Handy, before we welcome him in, an association member since 2007, Chris has been the Junior College Men's Scholar All-American National Chair since its inception in 2013. Under his guidance, the Junior College Men's Scholar All-American program has risen to prominence and has grown exponentially each year. The head men's coach at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, Handy's teams have won 10 or more games in eight of the last 10 campaigns compiling a 121-61-12 record during his tenure in Perkinston. He also served previously on the Junior College Men's All-America Committee under his former Tyler Junior College head coach and Bill Jeffrey Award recipient Steve Clements, who's been on the program multiple times. With that, we welcome in a recipient of the Letter of Commendation, Coach Chris Handy. Chris, welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. That's a, a long list of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so well, but i definitely appreciate it yeah well and clearly you're appreciated by united soccer coaches that's why you've got this letter of commendation i know you don't do it for the recognition coach handy but when you got the word that you received it i gotta believe you felt pretty good can you put that into words for me sir yeah i mean it's interesting you know these jobs particularly at the junior college level you know you really you spend a lot of time trying to get the people around you recognition, you know, you get, you want your players to be seen. You want to see your players move on. You want your assistants to find new jobs. And, and when kind of the spotlight kind of points towards you, it's a little uncomfortable, but it's also to say like, Hey, you know, you know, we're doing the right things. You know, as a coach, a lot of times you, you can't get evaluated on whether you're doing a good job or not until the end, to the end of the season, to the playoffs and, for anybody to say, hey, you know, we appreciate you, feels really good. And as a coach, you can only be thankful for that. 
let's get the full Chris Handy story. Take me through where you grew up and your family and how you ended up at Tyler Junior College and, you know, maybe the impact Steve Clements made. That's a lot. But, you know, look, it's a podcast. So take your time. Tell us a little bit more about you, if you don't mind. So I was born and raised in Austin, Texas. And honestly, not from a soccer family, you know. You know, I was the first one in my family to, to to play soccer, but, you know, my brother would argue he was the best one, even though he kind of started uh, after me and he's older than I am. And really, since at the age of five, you know, I've been around the game since then. So, you know, once we kind of got started, it's kind of kind of had the bug and consistently played and, you know, kind of going into the college process, you know, my family didn't particularly know too much about what we were doing, you know, um, I wasn't playing as high level as my brother was. My brother was recruited, you know, straight out of, you know, he had ODP and um, I was when ODP was a lot bigger. And um, so he was able to get to Florida International straight out of high school and do well. And for me, you know, my teams weren't as good. So, you know, I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. And I honestly didn't spend that much time thinking about it until, you know, kind of one day in Midland, Texas, we were at a showcase and I was actually like, so I'm like a very young 85. So at the time I was playing like kind of a year down from my graduation class. So it was also hard to find me. And so, you know, in Midland, Texas, Hostway Sabion, the assistant at the time at Tyler kind of saw me play and, um, you know, said he was interested and gave me a brochure and I didn't think much of it, you know, um, you know, I, I knew I could play a little bit, but I had no real idea of where my place was in the game. And here was an opportunity. Um, and it was kind of my only opportunity at the time because I hadn't done much work to kind of get myself seen. And, you know, me and my mom drove up there, took a visit, and we loved it. Um, and so I'm like, hey, let's do it. You know, and I didn't actually know what I was getting myself into. You know, so um, I can remember showing up uh, to Tyler Junior College on day one as at 18 years old and looking around and surrounded by international, surrounded by 22 year olds, 23 year olds, and not really understanding what the level was going to be, but I was able to do really well. You know, I really had the support of, of, of Josue and coach Clemens from the beginning. You know, I played lots and lots of minutes and, you know, they liked the way I played the game, which was kind of all out and uh, all work rate driven. And, um, you know, and so, you know, I was able to put in two really good years. Um, and then, funny enough, um, you know, after I finished my two years at Tyler, you know, my brother's coach at FIU came calling, and I followed my brother to FIU. So I was able to play two years and really be around my brother for, the you know, the first time as adults um, for two years at FIU. And then, you know, I was actually headed probably into the strength training. So I went to my degrees in exercise science strength training. So I thought I was going to do that, right? And so the last semester of my time at FIU, uh, Coach Clements calls me and says, hey, you know, I need, a, I need a coach. And, you know, at the time, I remember when I left FIU, I thought, like, you know, I want to do something athletics, but I wasn't sure what. Um, we I remember we had a conversation as I was sitting in this uh anatomy and physiology class with nothing but nursing uh, uh, majors. And I was like, why am I in this class? This is not what I want to do. And we sat down and have a conversation about which degree I need to go for and that kind of thing. And he kind of gave me some guidance. So that might have put a bug in his ear as to why, you know, he kind of called me. 
And if you've ever met Coach Clements, you know he's really direct. And he called me and I said, you know, Coach, I'll think about it and I'll talk to my parents, see what they think. He called me back 30 minutes later and he was like, do you want the job or not? And I said, okay. <laughs> you know, but that is Coach Clements' way. So basically from job offer to job acceptance, it was probably about 30 minutes to an hour. And But obviously I left my time at, at Tyler and that was home. So it wasn't like I had to think that much about it. So basically I finished my degree and, and I went back, you know, um, and I would say that last year at FIU kind of shaped me as a coach because, you know, I started to me started to really figure out kind of, you know, how I learned the game, you know, and ever since then, that's the way I wanted to teach the game as I kind of figured out, you know, some of the things that I was missing and some of the things that I may have skipped as a player um, as I was growing up. But I didn't want the players that play under me to skip those things, you know, so uh went to Tyler first year you know didn't know exactly what I was doing you know I knew I, I knew how to train kids because my background was in exercise and I could do the fitness and all that kind of stuff but trying to teach someone to play the game of soccer that I felt like I was just learning to play was a little bit mind-blowing um but uh my the assistant who recruited me Josue was still around because he helped us out and we had a really good year but we lost in PKs that first year which was kind of a common theme for us at the time that spring, you know, Coach Clemens, you know, gave me a lot of rope. And he he said, you know, the, the team is yours. Go do what you want. And I, and I even asked him, like, hey, I'm going to try to change some things. And I'm, I'm going to do some things differently than what we would have done, you know, a year ago, even when we were done as a player. And he said, have at it. And he allowed me um, to just do what I want. And, and which was really big, you know, and I experimented and we tried some things. We had a really good week of my first like real week of practice, putting in tactics. And, you know, if you know anything about Tyler, you know, we don't lose many games. And our first game, we went over to Centenary, who was division one at the time and we lost. And I was like, man, <laughs> I don't know, you know, but because Clemens, even though we lost that game to a team that we hadn't lost to in a while, he still instilled in me confidence. He said, I liked your approach. I liked the way you did things. Um, and that gave me confidence going to the next year that I can put in a game plan and I can teach it to the kids. They can pick up the information and put it out on the field, even though the result wasn't what we wanted. And so we went out the next year and had a really, really good year. Um, and I think we lost three games all to San Jack, you know, back then San Jack and Tyler were one and two most of the time. Um, but we won all the rest of our game and our approach was, was really good. It was a high pressure system was really in your face. Um, but we couldn't keep up with San Jack. And then the next year, um, Dom Dwyer comes in with another good group. And that's the year that we won a national championship. That was 2009, I guess. And we went undefeated, won a national championship, went undefeated next year, won a national championship, very good team. We sent 10, 11 kids to Division One. Um, it was just an amazing year. Um, and then that we had one more year after that where we basically, I think we lost one game and then finished like third place in the JUCO. So it was an amazing three years. And at that point, it was kind of time for me, because again, after you have that much success, you know, you're like, okay, what's next? You know, um, and so that's when I moved on to Mississippi, basically. You know, and, and if I could kind of connect it to United Soccer Coaches, like even he, sitting in that office, you kind of see Coach Clemens go through the process and, you know, I, I would help him with it. And kind of when I left, he started kind of getting me involved, 
you know, with some of the behind the scenes, uh, all American committees and, um, and that kind of thing. And so, which is always fun, you know, to be involved, you know, so once I went to Mississippi, there was a learning curve. We weren't coaching Don Dwyer anymore, any of these guys. And, but it was the best thing for me. Cause I really, really figured out like, Hey, there's more to it than pointing really good players in the right direction, which is what we were kind of able to do at Tyler. Um, and it's really helped me grow kind of as a coach. Um, and, you know, kind of this family that we've kind of created over here, it's just been a real blessing, um, you know. And so we've kind of built from from basically 2012 on here um, to where we've consistently been able to get players recognized, consistently been able to get players to the next level. And that's kind of our niche, you know. We don't have the talent that that we had at Tyler, but for where our niche is, which is we work with really good kids, um, really really smart kids, really kids that really really work hard, kids that want to learn, and the fact that we kind of enjoy teaching, it's just kind of been the best since the program that's really really grown, you know, since we got here. It's been some ups, it's been some downs, but you know, I'm I'm proud of every step of the way, um, and we've kind of been here since of of always trying to move you know, the, the goalpost one step further, um, try to do a little bit better every single year, try to get a little bit more recognition for the kids that are in our program every year. Um, and then, so, like I said, you know, how do we evaluate ourselves? We kind of evaluate ourselves, you know, based on what our kids are doing at the next level, you know? Um, and, and we, I think our guys played over 7,000 minutes at the, at the four-year level this year. Um, you know, we had a kid that played for Seattle who had a really good year that was an all-conference player and, that means we've been doing the right things um, and we're just going to continue to try to push that envelope. So that was a phenomenal answer, Chris Handy. I loved it. And, you know, love the fact that Steve Clemens kind of handed you the keys and let you drive that Mercedes that is Tyler Junior College and prepared you yeah. to take on this job at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. We're talking to Chris Handy, who will receive a letter of commendation at the convention in Anaheim in January. Chris, you know, along the way, you know, you kind of pointed out that Steve Clemens kind of opened the doors and, and opened your eyes to United Soccer Coaches. And what is it about the association that has kept you around and kept you involved? I think it's mostly a couple things, right? It's a camaraderie, you know, um, to me, this 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 game, why is it so much fun? It's, it's about the people that you're surrounded with. It's more than the wins and losses. Um, so just to show up and, and, and see you know, a lot of the people that you may not get to see, you almost some of it, you know, call them convention friends a little bit. You know, that's a big part of it. But the other part is just to be able to provide recognition for the players and for the coaches. Um, you know, because again, this is can be a thankless job at times. It's hard, you know. Um you know, on those those lonely nights after uh, a big loss, you know, those things are really, really hard. And, and sometimes there's more to success than whether you picked up a trophy or not. And, um, you know, this organization has always been one that has been willing to recognize um, your efforts. Um, and that, to me, that's super important, um, as well as they've always kind of, you know, wanted to see the game grow, you know, and provide you know, education opportunities, you know, there, there are times where, cause again, I have, uh, of, you know, good people who have worked under me in the past who were, who were really great coaches now. And there's been times where I've pointed out to them, like, Hey, this session I, I ran right here. I got from convention um, or this little piece I got from convention or this idea I got from convention. And so, 
you know, when you kind of get into your bubbles as coaches, you're always looking for new ideas. And I think the convention for me has always been one where you can steal an idea here and there and, and make it your own uh, and pretend like you're really, really smart, even though you might have stole it. One of the things I, I like to do is make sure we get names right. So let's make sure we get the name of your brother and the name of the head coach at FIU that you played under after your successful run under Steve Clements. Uh, what's your brother's name and what was the coach's name at FIU? My brother's name is Alan Handy, right? And the coach who recruited me was Munga Ekatebi. Uh, Carl Crimson was the head coach. You know, um, I think I played for him his last year uh, before kind of Munga took over. Um, and Munga is, you know, there's a, a famous, uh, I don't know if it's famous, but it was a famous photo that kind of went around our, our group where it's when Messi just got back to, Oh, just got to America. I think he's taking a corner kick and you have like LeBron and all these famous uh, uh, celebrities all with their phones out, you know, taking a picture of Messi about to take this corner, I think it was. And then there's Munga in the background just kind of watching, you know, <laughs> and that's him in a nutshell, you know, like he, he's not phased by, it, you know, you know, so he's he's uh, a kind of a giant in the game in, in Miami there. Um you know, and still keeps in touch, you know, big family guy. And um, I'm appreciative of him giving the opportunity for sure. Well, you're a family guy because along the way, and your story was so great, and I love the way you broke it down, but you've got three kids. Tell us uh, their names and ages, Chris, if you can, please. So <laughs> Jaslyn uh, Handy is is my oldest, right? Um, she, you know, I'm so proud of her, the, the, the player that she's becoming, the person that she's becoming, um, to watch her kind of fall in love with the game um, to where, you know, I've kind of seen her, you know, kind of push some of her other extracurricular, uh, extracurricular activities to the side so she could practice more and to see her compete, to see her pick up, you know, playing FIFA in her free time, uh, that part has been really great. So, you know, um, it just allows us to kind of connect a little bit more. Jackson Handy is, he's the eight-year-old, you know. Um, he probably hate that I said it, but he's kind of my sweetheart. But he also loves to play um, and compete. He's the one that will play for any team that asks him to play. You know, it's not just his team. Um, he just wants to go and play and compete. And then my four-year-old just picked it up, you know, this 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 semester. And it's just, he played his first game and, I think he scored like four or five goals his first game. And and I'm just like, okay, here we go. He's going to be the best one out of all of us, even though he's, uh, you know, he's the menace. And that's Jason, Jason Handy. He's, he's, he's the baby, but um, he's, he's the one that's next for sure. Awesome. Chris Handy, if you've been uh, following along to the United Soccer Coaches podcast at all, you may have heard the story of how I was drawn to the Black Soccer Coaches Legends event, just inspired by Nicole Hercules and a lot of people that I've been friends with forever, you know, Lincoln Phillips and Kadani and Bo and, and everything else. And to see what the Black Soccer Coaches community has done as well, Chris, is something that I'm proud of for the association and their leadership. I'm assuming you're involved in that as well. And uh, can you just talk a little bit about the growth of the Black Soccer Coaches community? Because I really feel like it's thriving. I mean, this game it can make you feel alone, you know, a lot of times. And I think to provide opportunities that you have, you know, where where people are, you know, have like experiences, you know, like concerns at times, um, you know, and just to have a place where you feel comfortable communicating and, and, and growing as coaches and in people, you know. Um, you know, a lot of times there are 
you know, things you may want to talk about. And, and I think those um, being involved has always shown you that there there's help no matter where you look. So my involvement, you know, has always just been, you know, as one that's, you know, I want to do a great job of being there for others when they need me. Um, and as well as just being an avenue for, for other coaches success. So if I can help in any way, I always try to make sure I provide that as well as I always want to be involved to, to get advice and to give advice, you know? And, and so um, to continue to grow the game in, in, in a diverse way, you know, is, I think is super important. Chris Handy really enjoyed this interview. So proud of you for being one of the five recipients of the prestigious United Soccer Coaches Letter of Commendation. I'll be on that stage when you roll up there, so hopefully I can shake your hand, Chris, as well. Chris Handy, a Letter of Commendation winner. Thanks so much for being on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I want to thank Chris and all the great guests. I also want to thank Brandon Milburn and the entire staff of United Soccer Coaches. I need to thank my producer, Colin Thrash, and I need to thank you, all of our great members. My name is Dean Linke, and I'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by League Apps. Thanks for listening to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. To learn more about League Apps, find them at leagueapps.com or as League Apps on all of the social networks. And to learn more about United Soccer Coaches, visit us at unitedsoccercoaches.org.